listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. Freak out. The freak. Freak out. Man, I feel like I'm roller skating. I got motion sickness. Last time I heard that song. I was wondering what I meant by your name or what you yeah, meant by your name. That explains a lot. <laughs> that explains yeah. a lot, yeah. Yes, that is my one connection to Freaks other than the movie called Freaks and the movie called Freaked and the original movie called Castle Freaks and the other movie <laughs> called Freaks. Well, you know what? I got a lot of freak connections. There's a lot of, lot of freaks in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just look who I'm recording look with a, here. Exactly. Got, uh, thanks for the segue. <laughs> yeah. I got Lewayne. Hey, how's it going? I've got Matt. Hey, how's it going? I've got Adrian. Hello, hello. Back again for a horror movie. I mentioned a bunch of movies that had freak in the title. This is castle freak and there was a previous castle freak castle freak a movie that came out by the great Stuart gordon who of course is always going to be best loved for his film the reanimator that starred jeffrey combs and barbara crampton well pretty much if you got Stuart gordon combs or crampton together they were going to do something at least lovecraft tangential and they did with the original 1995 film Castle Freak, where Combs portrays John Riley, who's an American alcoholic who inherits this huge castle when a relative he never knew passes away. He goes with his wife, who he's kind of estranged with, Susan, played by Barbara Crampton, and their blind daughter. But there's a monster in the basement of the castle, and it's going to come out and start killing other people. Okay, so that's the original film. It's treated kinder. I think by people than I felt towards it. I remember seeing it and going, well, this isn't reanimator. <laughs> I research watched it before I watched this remake. And uh-huh. I understand why it had made its horror genre status. There are a couple of like extraordinarily gruesome gore scenes in it. It kind of has slow draggy bookends around them. It's sort of a build up to the scene. And then then what happens afterwards is kind of mundane action. I mean, it's very low budget. You know, it was trying to get on cable, I think. So there was mm-hmm. a certain amount of pull back from going but so far with it at points, I thought, too. There's one thing that, that you failed to mention. And it's the fact that it's technically a full moon picture. Yeah. And it has a full moon budget. And boy, does yeah. it look like it. It has a weird backstory, actually. They made it for 500 grand or something because Stuart Gordon was in the full, the owner or head or whatever, a full moon. He was in his office and he had a mock-up poster for something called Castle Freak. They had no script or not even really an outline. The guy, he bought a castle at the (laughs) 
apex of his career in the film industry and he's just like we were just thinking of doing something in my castle because we can shoot there charles band who's yeah. a legendary guy in low budget horror no question about it but gordon was told okay it's gotta have a freak and it's gotta be filmed in this castle and other than <laughs> that you can do whatever the fuck you want for this much money and Gordon, who had already found that whenever he did his attached his name to anything that had Lovecraft inspired by was money in the bank. Right. Yep. So he was like, OK, uh, what have we what can we do that would be like that? Oh, there's a short story called The Outsider. It's we could kind of sort of <laughs> do that. And it's not really. I think people are kinder to this movie than maybe it deserves. It does have some charming moments. Anything with Barbara Crampton, I'll watch. I mean, I've watched Chopping Mall 10 times, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. and that is not a good movie. <laughs> but it's got Crampton in it. So, yeah. But this is a remake of it that Crampton came out and was like, oh, I'm going to produce the remake. I was like, really? Of all the films, you're going to go back and do a new version of Castle Freak is the one you gravitate to? Okay, I always say, don't remake the films that were just fine the way they were when they came out. Remake the films that were mediocre as fuck, but had some cool moments in them. It's yeah. the Ocean's Eleven principle. That being said, this new version, instead of like the family, it's this woman who's been in a relationship with this guy, and they both used to be like just party freaks, but there's no daughter in this case. And instead they get in a car accident. She loses her sight. It's like a while later, they find out she's inherited this castle from a distant relative. It was like, well, let's go there, check it out, see if we can sell it. Yes, there's a monster in the place. They invite over all their ne'er-do-well, slightly punk rock friends who proceed to get murdered one at a time by said monster. So in that context, you know, I mean, a lot of similar things there, but this one really doubled down on the Lovecraft stuff at about the, just between yeah. the second and third act mark where I was watching this. I was telling these guys earlier, I was watching this movie kind of halfway watching it because there's a point you're like, this is like a sci-fi channel movie. This oh, sucks. absolutely. Fucking movie. I'm just checking my phone kind of while I'm half watching it. Like, God damn it, man, there's nothing. And then something catches your attention. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to say, there's a sex scene, which with these characters, by the way, every character in this film is totally despicable. You will not care what happens to any of them. But there's a character in here who is thoroughly despicable, who's having a sex scene with a the blonde bimbo of the film, who blindfolds him and chains him to a bed for kinky sex, as one, I suppose, does. I'm very milquetoast, so I don't know. Like you do. And it's missionary position or nothing, is what I'm saying. No. <laughs> The monster comes along, kills the woman on top of him, who he doesn't realize. And then it is revealed that said monster is, in fact, female and finishes him off. And I am not talking about murder. Yeah. And I went, what the fuck, movie? Jaw hit the fucking floor. Yeah. <laughs> he, he somehow doesn't notice that this dried up sausage of a person has climbed up on top of yeah. him. <laughs> She's not just female, she's very female in a very baboon-like way. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I was watching this, I got partway into it, and I'm like, okay, I got other stuff I gotta do, I'll come back to this, right? So I can't sleep the day after Thanksgiving, and we're you know, on this sort of family trip thing, so everybody's in this one cabin, and they're all kind of in the same vicinity. So 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm watching this movie, and it gets to that point, and I'm trying not to wake everybody else up by going... What the <laughs> yeah. hell? I was just like, okay, well, this is a very different movie. I should have hung on just a little longer, I guess. He brings that up, and I feel like that's actually a good way to see the movie, because that's exactly how I saw it. 
started at like 8 p.m. You're going to be like, ah, maybe I don't want to wa- really want to watch this. Then wake up at 3 and be like, let's keep checking this out. That's the perfect <laughs> mindset for the second and half of this film. Now you're awake for the rest of the day. Yes. <laughs> the second half of this film definitely qualifies for that that meme, you know, the slow, heavy metal music playing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. This turns from light whatever horror to this is the most fucked up thing I've seen this year horror. And <laughs> it's I can't say, like, it's fun. It's absolutely fucking graphic and horrifying nonstop from that point on that it keeps doing shit that makes you go, what the fuck? And there's a lot of people who are going to be super there for that. This is somebody's movie without question. I think I more was like in shock. I'm kind of like at some point I'm going to have to rewatch this because I was not ready for what this movie was going to do. Yep. I will say that I'm I'm loosely speaking a Lovecraft fan and I'm in some Lovecraft forums and stuff like on Facebook. People are constantly arguing about, does this have enough Lovecraftian elements to be construed as Lovecraftian? Here you the, go. They get freaky with this one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say people people should watch this. I think this is a good, bad movie because I'm sorry, but the acting fucking horrendous it's it's really not good i don't usually single people out but this guy's pretty so he can take it (laughs) the expositor in the group is a goth book nerd he is he is kind of a pretty industrial andrew eldritch type guy and he delivers a lot of key exposition and he delivers it really badly he might have been an albanian that they grabbed and made him memorize his english lines (laughs) and yet he's like one of my favorite characters in the movie just because of how like ridiculous he is his name is the professor like they don't call him by a name (laughs) his character is awesome too because when shit goes off the rails he just he's just like there for it all right he's like yeah it's like he's been waiting for this sort of thing. This is my chance to be in one of my albums. <laughs> Please stay through the credits because there is a mid credit stinger in this movie that is like, I don't know what you guys are going to do, but I'm ready for it. I'm down. <laughs> I'm in. I'm willing to go so far as say, all right. You remember the first time you saw Iron Man and there was that post credit scene and you're like, oh, they're setting up a universe. <laughs> well, there's something similar here. The Stuart Gordon dark universe. And I can't say I'm here for it. I'm kind of like, no, don't do that. That's going to be. But at the same time where you guys pointed, you said it. This movie's not a good movie, but it's no. so utterly fucking watchable once it takes off because you've never seen oh, yeah. anything like it. I mean, the closest I can think is Fulci's The Beyond. You know, yeah. it's just, this is batshit insane and disturbing as fuck, right? It's still not good, but maybe if they were to do that, like, oh, the next movie's gonna like introduce like a uh, Herbert West or whatever, like, okay. Um, as long as it's as disturbing and freaky as this, then maybe I'm there for it. It's exactly what it says on the tin. It's a gory, late night sex. There is gratuitous nudity in this. Like a Showtime at Midnight type movie. Yeah, it is is something that would be immediately picked up by a Rhonda Shear or a Joe Bob Briggs, you know? Yeah. 13-year-old me would have loved this movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly as advertised. It is a modernization of the source material with new twists. And, and it pushes farther. And I have to say, if you're a gore hound and you like to sit there and see if you're going to flinch or not, this is a full send. Test. 
and it's not an incoherent one like some of the really seedy yeah. underground stuff that is just gore vignettes you yeah. know this is still a movie with a beginning middle and end this doesn't belong in like the realm of unearthed pictures and stuff like that but on a technical level the practical effects here are pretty cool if you like practical effects and this yeah. is a, actually a pretty gorgeously shot movie with a gore like the albanian backdrop is really yeah. pretty it's a beautiful castle, that's for sure. I would even go as far as to say the title Castle Freak actually looks better in this one than it did in the original film. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the original. I saw it maybe a year ago. If you hadn't mentioned that it was based somewhat loosely on H.P. Lovecraft, I would have never even thought that. Right. I, I thought it was Stuart Gordon trying to make like a late-term Italian castle gore movie. Well, that too. And this one takes that element of it and just does a tenfold. It, it, it has a soundtrack that's composed by Fabio Frizzi, who's done some of the best soundtracks for Lucio Fulci. It has a, a death that leaves someone's body very similar to someone's body in the beyond. It, there's there's constant kind of callbacks. Yeah, it's not good. It feels like a bad Italian movie. <laughs> the Creature Unveiled is actually very reminiscent of another late 80s which is the unnamed, which is another loose Lovecraft edition in that lane. And this creature looks more like it than it does the creature in Castle Freak, which is actually good because the Castle Freak creature is kind of ableist, you know, in, in modern standards. I won't get into exactly how, just in case you haven't seen it, but it's kind of a birth defect bad kind of movie. That is a plot hole in Castle Freak that they close here because like in the modern era, they'd just be like, take that kid to a hospital. Don't like put him in a cellar. This one I would say is too in its way, but it's more like, hey, we know how difficult it can be if you're born with an extra large vagina, but there is a solution. <laughs> it's kill a bunch of obnoxious young people and then just shove them right on up there. Go ahead. It's going to be great. This review has been NC-17. I had one technical thing on my con list, which was that some of the transitions from the outdoor location to the sets... You can see the trowel marks in some of the set dressing, you know? Yeah. I try not to harp on stuff like that because suspension of disbelief. <laughs> that was the thing that got your attention. There's a yeah. moment where it goes from like middle of the night to broad daylight in like one turn of the camera where it's like not cut to a new scene. It's like, then the next person responds to them talking and it's the middle of the afternoon. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I gotta say that like in terms of cutting the outline down, I actually like the idea that they took all the, the entire dramatic plot of the first one and just dropped the daughter. The male partner was the one driving during the car accident, and mm -hmm. that creates pathos between the two of them. And they just lost the daughter and made that the dynamic of the couple, which was more efficient. As soon as he said, I'm going to fly everybody in from America to Albania, and they're going to help us pack up the antiques and move, I was like, oh, so they're just going to bring in like five extra people just to kill him. Of course. For sure. Yes. Yeah, you couldn't be just two actors. You're like, that's a very slow horror film. In this kind of haunted house, monster picks the kids off kind of movie, a kill count's a good thing. Well, what's your final thought count, Matt? <laughs> For some reason, I'm yammering and taking the talking stick, but I didn't want to go first because I hadn't arrived at a number yet. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like this. There's no pill for it. <laughs> I do like that they leaned into the Lovecraftian stuff. 
I love the sort of Fulci hammer pastiche elements like the optical titles. I suspect they're faux optical titles because at this point, I think digital ones are cheaper. The acting is rudimentary, you know, and not so much the acting as the characterization. Like the bad boyfriend is cartoonishly all but physically abusive. Like he's just super, let's sell this stuff and go and quit being mean to me because I cost you your eyesight six months ago, you know. But on balance, it is what it's supposed to be, which is a contemporary remake of an 80s movie. And it's by, you know, the Fangoria people, sort of spiritual inheritors of Full Moon. They leaned into it hard and they said, we're getting an R plus for this one, boys. (laughs) (laughs) And so if you're a hard horror kind of person that you want to make the other people in the room grip the armrests of their chair this is a i believe the term that was in vogue a few years ago it was a full send the only cons i have like this movie is graphic enough and graphic in an exploitative way that it's just not gonna be for everybody no Overall, outside of genre fandom, I'm on my scale of what I believe to be the worst movie of all time, which is actually a Fulci movie called Conquest. Fuck off. (laughs) No, he's right. That's terrible. I love that movie. (laughs) It's pretty rough. All the way up past like your Ishtars and your Waterworlds, all the way up into like what I believe to be the best movie of all time, which is, of course, Half-Baked with Dave Chappelle. Um, (laughs) My standard for a perfect 10. The right. duality of man. <laughs> I'm gonna give this I'm gonna give this seven out of ten unnecessary and disturbing squelching noises from the secret passage. <laughs> oh god. That's that's certified fresh. Uh, right? Adrian? <laughs> yeah, man, I dug this movie and I also hated it. <laughs> this is a it's not a good movie. It fools you with a car accident that's pretty horrific and you really feel bad for the characters. You think like, oh shit, maybe this might go a direction that I wasn't thinking it was going to go. And uh, no, it's it's a really, really bad acted, bad put together movie. I don't like to nitpick, but like there's a scene where someone opens a wardrobe and he's like, oh God, all the flies. And there's nothing there. Yeah. Like, how do you miss that? <laughs> it's not even a sound effect. It's a bad movie, yet it somehow keeps you engrossed because you don't know where the fuck it's going to go. And even though we did kind of spoil a big moment in it, you're still not ready for it. Once once you see it, it's going to be way worse than you can imagine. And yet it's also kind of... You can't unsee <laughs> it, ever. Of course. Yeah. yeah, It's playing in my head right now. <laughs> it's crazy enough to do something like that. And I, I really appreciate the ambition. Just that scene alone is not even the tip of the iceberg of what happens near the end of this movie, which, wow, okay, good for you guys. I didn't know you guys had a budget for that. I don't think you do, but but hey, you tried. I had fun. It's not for everybody. A movie called Castle Freak shouldn't be for anybody. It's true. Uh, but if you want to have some beers and have a quarantine Zoom call and just ruin everyone's night but still kind of laugh at it, Check it out. I give this probably one out of five, but more more so like a two out of five and maybe even a three. I don't know. Just see the movie. <laughs> if I could give it a horror in-group only rating, it would be like a perfect 10 party watch. Okay, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Tell you what, watch this, watch Conquest, and then be mad at me. It's an unrateable product. You can't give it a linear score. <laughs> but... Well, Lewayne, let's hear your attempt to give this some sort of uh, make sense of scoring this film. The easiest way to describe this is to kind of spin through my notes real quick, which are, well, that's an icky opening. Oh, it's an 80s party. <laughs> Yay. Lizard people. All right. Well, this is weird. Wow. She just about got smashed by a Cthulhu statue. How odd. 
there's no one here, really. How You saw how big the place was, right? Oh, and look, there's the Necronomicon. Here we go. And then there's just one long, what the hell is that? And then my notes stop until we get to the Avengers ending. Yeah, they literally do the thing where it trails off with a pen. <laughs> it's not even the whole thing, man. That was the point at which I was both all the way in to this movie to, well, let's not go there. I was fully interested in this movie at that point, but it's not a good movie in pretty much any measure. You know, there are some technical stuff that worked. The gore is good. Most of it looks okay and all that. The acting's whatever. This is like three out of five people I'm going to traumatize by showing them this movie. (laughs) Dude, that's so dead on. I'll never sit and watch this movie by myself again. Ever. That will never happen. For sure. However... (laughs) with the right group of people (laughs) sitting down everyone has alcohol like let's pass around the beers okay like come on guys it's fine we can talk and make fun it's just a dumb horror movie like don't make them prep for what's coming you're like no it's fun i mean it'll be fun to make fun of it for like 48 minutes or so you're like yeah we'll just all sit and laugh at it make jokes and then the thing will happen and the jokes will go away to be replaced by looks of horror and anger and confusion and it will be glorious sir it will be glorious yes i look forward to that day we'll have to show that at the one of us con someday (laughs) no it's a charming romantic comedy about a woman and a beast it's not good it's very poorly made except for the effects people who are tremendously good at what they do the the practical Mm -hmm. effects they're a little too good the director is an effects team lead excellent effects but the acting is terrible the script is terrible it's shot terribly there's no continuity it's insane i don't know to tell you it's exactly what some people are looking for you know who you are i'm gonna rate this though from my standards where i'm kind of half that kind of person and half totally not that kind of person so i'm gonna give it a five out of ten just constant gratuitous nude scenes (laughs) i mean yeah you ever see a movie that had too many titties (laughs) there's something about mary (laughs) 